tonight. You know, I am born bred and chicken fed Texan. How many of you are were born and bred in Texas? How many? I left Texas in 1990 and uh, through the choosing of the Lord, he has left me in Mississippi. And I expect that when the Lord comes, I will be making my exit from this world, from the state of Mississippi. I do love Texas. There's so many wonderful things, memories, and and uh, just uh, there's a different spirit here. But the Lord, the Lord has chosen to allow me to be a missionary in Mississippi. I never will forget one time there was a foreign missionary that was coming through Mesquite when I lived in Mesquite, and he was—he introduced himself. I was probably 18, just just a young young soul, and he put his hand out and said, uh, "I'm Brother Richardson. I'm a missionary to uh, Madagascar." And I put my hand out. And I said, "My name's Scott Phillips. I'm a missionary to Mesquite, Texas." He thought that was pretty funny. Score. You know, probably one of the most common memories I have about Texas, a lot of them involve food, uh, is donuts. How many of you like donuts? Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, one of my, you know how sometimes you eat things, they may not be very good, but in your memory it takes you somewhere and it just makes it taste so good. And one of the memories I have is my dad, uh, if you saw my dad, you in fact, he my dad may watch this. If you saw my dad, you'd see that this is probably true. He loved to eat donuts and chicken and other things. But anyway, that's this. And one of my favorite memories is uh, we would go by the donut shop, and I loved powdered donuts, and and to eat powdered donuts with a Coca Cola. It's got to be awful for you, but oh. Every once in a while, I will just want to feel that nostalgic feeling, and and I'll get me some little Hostess powdered donuts and drink a Coke and think about how it was when I was five. You know, uh, there was a there was a a group of donut shop owners that were trying to stand out among the rest, and and one of them put a slogan out on the front of his business, best donuts in America. The other one could not be outdone, and he said underneath his sign, best donuts in the world. The other one looked at that and said, I'll top that. He said, best donuts in the universe. The next one looked, and he thought about it, and he put on his sign, the best donuts on the street. (laughs) Sometimes people are trying to change the world while they won't do their best where they live. I want to do the best where I live. How about you? Yes, amen. So I'll say this and I'll I'll move on to my message. Uh, I love Texas. And if the Lord would left it up to me, I would live and die in Texas. But there's an old song I think about when I think of my ministry in Mississippi. Some of you may know it. 
If you're not with the one you love, love the one you're with. (laughs) And that's how I feel. I'm glad to be here in Texas. trying, Brother Marco. Amen. I do love Mississippi, and I'm thankful that the Lord has blessed me. I I have a 51st birthday coming up, and I remember when I was uh, Brother Marco's age, I thought, man, these guys are so old and decrepit. And now I am 51, and I realize I am so old and decrepit. You know, it's been said that encouragement is oxygen to the soul. And that is my goal tonight, is to encourage you. How many of you could use a little encouragement today? Amen. If you'll stand with me, we're going to read our Bible. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 6. You know, we do have an adversary. But we must not forget it's not our battle. Whose battle is it? It's the Lord's battle. You know, Satan is mentioned 49 times in your Bible. Jesus is mentioned 942 times in your Bible. Let's not get distracted about where the power is. Somebody said amen. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 6, Humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may, what's it say? Devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while. Oh, man, I meant to to skip over that. I'm sorry. Read that with me. After ye have suffered a while, make you perfect. Established, strengthen, settle you. To him be glory and dominion for, say it with me, forever and ever. Amen. Can we give him praise? Hallelujah. We love you today. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for all of your blessings, all your goodness, all your presence, all of your mercy. Thank you today. Thank you today. Thank you today. Amen. You can be seated. Lions have a significant roar. I read that a lion's roar can be heard from up to five miles away. A lion's roar can be as loud as thunder. They are doing that to let everyone that has an ear to hear, this is my territory. 
Lions are one of the few uh, beasts in the cat family that dwell together in groups. They're called prides. Up to 40 lions will dwell together at a time. Lions are not as are not the most successful hunters, as some might assume. They're only successful about 30% of the time. And how they win, they win by exhausting their enemy. They are in, they're, they're, they're lion's mane. It is a sign of intimidation. So people see it. The prey sees it and is afraid. You know, in the Bible, when you think of a lion, it's very easy for our mind to go to the scripture that I read. For our adversary, the devil, is as a roaring lion. We think of the lion as our adversary. We know the Bible says that Satan is like a roaring lion. But do you know that in most cases when a lion is mentioned in Scripture, it is either a story where a lion is slain, it is a Scripture where the people of God are spared from the lions, or even God himself is called the lion of the tribe of... Amen. So even though there's just this little segment a few scriptures where Satan is called like a roaring lion. There's all this other scripture that paints for us a picture of victory rather than some scary picture of the devil. Somebody say resistance. Satan, his, his name in the Hebrew means to withstand or one who resists. And if you've been living for God very long, you know it's true that when you live for God and you begin to try to press in and do the work of God, there is a, say it with me, resistance. There is a resistance when you want to fast. Do you know how you're on a mission from God when you're fasting? Somebody will bring donuts to work. Somebody will have a birthday. And when no one ever asked to buy your lunch all the time you've known them, they will say, hey, I want to buy your lunch today. Am I telling the truth? Uh, there's a, there's a, a, a young minister in my church, young, he's like 36. I don't guess that's young anymore for, to me. It's, for Brother Marco, that's almost old, right? He's about 36, and it's really funny. Every year when we do our yearly fast, as a church at the beginning of the year, he always has a funny story. Like last year, he works at a law firm. Uh, they catered in one of the finest restaurants in town. They served filet mignon. And they had a tray left over. And they said, hey, BJ, you, you want to take some of this home with you? I know some of you would say, oh, that's God's sign to me. I don't need to fast. <laughs> Isn't that what it means, right? But I, I say this to say that it, no matter what endeavor you pursue in trying to grow in the Lord and try to seek his face and prepare yourself for the kingdom, at every turn, the enemy will be there 
Say that with me. Resisting. That's, that's his name. He is the resistance. And if you want to know how to win in the, your walk with God, is you got to make up in your mind, I can resist too. I've got enough backbone in my soul and God gave me the divine ability to choose and just because the devil shows up don't mean I go home. Just because the devil is near don't mean I sit down. It just gives me a greater determination. Hey, hallelujah, God is with me and greater is he that is in me than, than that old devil that's in the world. Resistance. Resistance, accusation, one that plants doubt. We see this in Job chapter 1. The story is uh, 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 probably uh, one of my favorite and yet my least favorite at the same time. And here in the first chapter, the Bible tells us in verse 6, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, what you doing? What you been doing? Where you been? And he said, I've been going to and fro through the earth. And the Lord says, uh, have, you, have you visited Job? And Satan says, uh, uh, well, I know, because you know, Job doesn't serve you for nothing. You got a hedge around him and, and I can't touch him. The Lord said, uh, okay, uh, you, you, you can touch him. You just can't kill him. In fact, you can't touch his body. You can touch everything around him. Just don't touch his body. And I could just hear that old evil giggle, evil laugh as he leaves the presence of the Lord and, and absolute Hell happens in Job's life. But oh, how the heart of God must have rejoiced in verse 21. In fact, verse 20, then Job arose when all the messengers came and said, you lost this, they died, they're all gone, there's nothing left, and all, all you got is people that survived to tell you the bad news. The Bible says in verse 20, Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground, and he... Somebody say worshipped. What you worshiping for? This is what, what he said. Naked came out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And I could just see God like a, a proud father looking down and saying, I knew you had it in you, Job. Way to go, Job. I knew. It, Job wasn't just serving me for the blessing. Job wasn't just serving me because I've been good to him. Job serves me because he knows who I am. But, but the, 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 the spirit of the evil one, the resistor, his nature is revealed. He doesn't, the devil doesn't believe in you. It doesn't matter how much God believes in you. The devil don't think you got what it takes to make it. 
And so he is constantly, without fail, resisting you. And every time you stand, you know what? He still don't believe in you. But God still believes. The Bible says there came another day. And Satan showed up. And the Lord said, oh, how's Job doing? Ah, He said, let me touch his body. And he'll curse you. The Bible tells us that, that Satan struck him from the top of his head to the sole of his feet. In verse 9, chapter 2, uh, so his wife said, why do you retain your integrity? Why don't you just curse God and die? Listen to Job. <laughs> Thou speakest as one of the foolish women. What? Shall we receive good at the hands of God? And shall we not receive evil? And in all this, Job did not sin with his mouth. And some of us would say, well, that was tough. No, 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 it, it doesn't end. For about 40 chapters, the Bible tells us his friends show up. And for, I think, three days or seven days, they just look at him and can't say nothing. Here's the most blessed man they've ever known. The most righteous man they ever knew. And they were right. Because the Lord said of Job, he's a perfect man. And how is it that a man that, that, is, that is such a good man, if all this bad stuff happened to him, he must have done something wrong. Has the devil ever lied to you that way? Has the devil ever whispered in your ear when you had a flat tire, run out of gas, lost your job, uh, uh, be struck with sickness, and, and the devil starts whispering in your ear, oh, you must have done something wrong. But God believed in Job. And though Job went through a season of the silence of God's voice and his friends, when they began to be heard, all they were was mouthpieces of the devil. They, they couldn't help it. They were just expressing their... You know what? We all are a voice for something. We all are a voice for something. And what I'm saying to you is, is there is a voice that is in the spirit that says, I don't believe in this person. I think they have bad motives. I don't, I don't trust them. And then there's the voice of the spirit of God that says, I believe in you. I believe in you. I believe in you. And I have to choose. Am I going to be a, an amplifier of the voice of God? Or will I be a voice that amplifies the spirit of the very evil spirit that resists people? Amen. I'm about to start preaching up in here. Come on, somebody. Amen. There's a story in the book of Zechariah, chapter 3 and verse 1. And he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. And what's the devil doing? Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. That's the devil. You know one thing about the devil? He's a good devil. He's a good devil. He's really good at being bad. But good thing because we're believers and maybe the reason why I'm here today, we are not ignorant of Satan's devices or we shouldn't be. 
We shouldn't be, we, we shouldn't be surprised when we start trying to do something right and trouble comes our way. We shouldn't be surprised when we start praying and it feels like all hell is coming against us. Don't be ignorant. Don't be dumb. That S word, don't be that S word. Stupid. Don't be stupid. That's what ignorant means. Don't, don't you know that many times when things start going wrong, it means you're going in the right direction. And so I have to, I want to tell you today, I want to encourage you today, if you've been facing hell and it seems like every wind can blow against you has been blowing against you and you've had fear and doubt and trouble and turmoil and there's been all kinds of stuff going in your world, let me turn on the light and tell you, you, you today, God wants you to know that he believes in you. You can do it. You can make it. You can live for God. You can do what's right. You can overcome. You can get past it. You can. And my message tonight is, for whom will you roar? Amen. No doubt the devil is a roaring lion. But I want you to know I've got the spirit of Judah in me. And I want to tell you that God wants his people to be a roaring lion, a voice of advocacy, a voice of intercession, a voice of prayer, a voice of praise. Roar! Roar! Man, you've heard it said, hurt people, hurt people, hurt people. I got a new one. It may not be original, but it felt like original to me when I thought it. If you already wrote it down, don't tell me. Let me feel smart in my own little world for just a few minutes. Bless people, bless people. Bless people, bless people. And can I tell you, we've all been hurt. And we've all been blessed. And we have a choice. Will we marinate in the hurt? Will we marinate in the bitterness? Will we marinate in the trouble? Or will we marinate in the blessing of God and let that flow from us to the people we meet, to the people God puts in our life? I'm going to be a voice of the blessing of God. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm talking to somebody here today. I'm talking to you today. You know, in the story, in the life of David, one of the most remembered stories is when he was just a, a young man, just going to take some cheese and bread to his brothers. And he heard the roaring of the giant. Something stirred up in him. He hadn't been there for 40 days. He didn't know he was supposed to shut up and sit down. He, he just showed up and something rose up in the, the faith of David. And said, Somebody needs to go take care of this roaring giant. Is there not a cause? And he jumped through all kinds of hoops. And he finally convinced the king. And he began to make his way down to meet the giant. The Bible says he, he stopped by the brook. And he found five 
smooth stones. Took them up in his hand. I can see him counting them. One, two, three, four, five. Put the four in his bag. Put the one in the sling. He said, you come to me with sword and shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. Roar! Roar! Take that roar! And that little stone met its mark, and Goliath fell to the ground. And David ran up and took that old giant sword and he decapitated where that giant would never roar again. But you know what? David was not the only one that slew giants. We read later there were four more giants in which had to be slain. And in one state, the Bible says that, that David was fighting the giant and he was getting weak. And one of the men said, hey, you step aside. I'm going to fight your giant. Can I tell you all of us have our own giants to fight? But we need to be willing to be a mighty man and a mighty woman of faith. And when we see someone around us staggering and we know they're not going to be able to make it and the giant's about to get them, we need to say, I will stand in the gap and roar. I will stand in the gap and roar because I'm going to be the voice of God to my generation. I'm going to be the voice of God to my family. I'm going to be the voice of God to those that I meet. Roar! Amen. Amen. Can we just love the Lord? Hallelujah. Roar. Lord, I want to give my voice and I want to give my hands to the battle of my brothers. Not the battle with my brothers, but to the battle with my brothers. Ye that are spiritual, uphold them that are weak. If you're strong enough to fight it by yourself, you need to be strong enough to fight it for someone else. Roar. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. In the Bible, in the book of Acts chapter 4, we are introduced to a very interesting individual. His name, in fact, I'll just read it. Do you have my scriptures back there? Can you put it up for me? Acts chapter 4 and verse 36. Somebody say, roar. Roar. This sounds like we got a lot of bass in it. Roar. Roar. And Joseph, you say Joseph. And Joseph, who by the apostles had a nickname. This Barnabas wasn't the name his mom and dad gave him, it was the name the church gave him. They called him Barnabas, which means the son of of consolation. Or you could just say, he was an encourager. Hey, brother encourager. How many of you like to be called that? 
I want to be a Barnabas. I want to be a brother Barnabas and a sister Barnabas. That's who Barnabas was. We, 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 we find that he enters the biblical narrative in Acts chapter 4 and, and verse 36. And Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having sold land. Having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. We know that there were churches that were struggling at that time. And something stirred up in the heart of Barnabas. I don't read where they, anybody was required to do this. Something stirred up in the heart of the church. And here is this individual who enters the biblical narrative when he responds to the call of giving more than just what is expected and he is moved to do something uh, amazing. And the Bible tells us that, that he did this. And 27 more times you find the name of Barnabas throughout the book of Acts and throughout the epistles to the churches, Barnabas becomes a name most of you have heard of. Barnabas. And you, you, you hear him roar that this giving of a gift to help someone in need, it was his financial way of roaring. And there was a spirit, some people wanted to follow his example and they roared with him. And the need was met. There came a time when the great enemy of the church, it was rumored that he had been converted. We heard that he got knocked off his donkey and, and he's praying and, and I heard Ananias went and prayed for him and, and they baptized him and we know he got the Holy Ghost. But there were a lot of people that were suspicious of, 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 of Paul, his name's Saul at this time. Uh, they, that's how they know him, they know him as Saul. And, and, and But Barnabas... Barnabas had insight that though he had been the enemy of the church, he could see beyond the, the bad headlines and he could see beyond all the history in the past. This person may have killed their mother. This person may have beat their son. This person may have put in prison their uncle and he was famous for his persecution against the church. But somebody said that Saul has been saved. The church was like, well, uh, we, we, we got to watch him for a little bit. But Barnabas, Barnabas went to Saul and he ministered with him and talked to him. And he took, he took Saul and said, this used to be Saul, but God's changed his name. His name is Paul. Roar. Barnabas, the son of consolation, the encourager, stood and thanked God that he did. The man that would write a significant portion of the New Testament because of this, this spirit of intercession to stand in the gap for someone that is misunderstood. We read in Colossians, for in him dwelt all the fullness of the Godhead bodily and ye are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power thank God there was a Barnabas that had a heart that go, could go past the headline and the, the reputation 
There comes a day, a young man by the name of Mark, he gets discouraged, he goes home. You know, I have been around some people, good people, but they could just about wear you out. I'm talking about godly people, but they don't need to sleep. They don't get tired. They never get sick. And sometimes those kind of people can have unrealistic expectations on it, people that might not be wired the same way they are. And, and Mark, he just got tired. He didn't say that he went to the world. He just got tired. He went home. But a day came, and he came back to, to, to Paul and said, Hey, Paul, I'm, I rested up. I ate my Wheaties. I've been doing my push-up challenge. I'm ready to go. And Paul didn't want nothing to do with him. He said, I, You disappointed me once, and I ain't going to give you a second time to hurt me again. See ya. Wouldn't want to. Yeah, come on, somebody. Barnabas, that same lion of the church, stood up and said, I love you, Paul, but if you're going to choose between me going with you and me departing from this young man who wants to be a part, you and Silas go your way. They, they were still brothers. They didn't, they didn't go start another church. Just one, went, one went and preached at the prison while the other one went and preached at the nursing home. They still in the kingdom, right? But something inside of Barnabas said, I believe in Mark. Just like I believed in you, Saul. Just like I believed in those that were going through a hard time. And my word to you today is we need to recognize we are going to choose whose voice we're going to amplify. And I've made up in my mind I'm going to be the voice of encourager. I've made up in my mind I'm not going to be a voice of division. I'm not going to be a voice of criticism. I'm going to be a voice of consolation, a voice of encouragement to say I have been called to roar for the church. I've been called to roar for my family. I've been called to roar for my community. And I will roar in prayer. I will roar in intercession. I will roar in giving. I will roar in fellowship. Whatever the Lord puts in my heart to do. And I, nobody may do it with me. But by the help and grace of God, I'm going to roar like only I can roar. Roar. Do it with me. Roar. Amen. You can be seated. I'm almost done. Amen. The Bible tells us that we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. I write that you sin not. Amen. If you sin and stop it. If you've been hypocritical and got a little secret sin in your life, stop it. If you've been lying and cheating, stop it. I'm telling you, sin not. And if some of you, you're sitting there, oh, I hope he don't come and put his finger on my nose. I don't want to embarrass anybody. God's all about redemption. God's all about restoration. God's all about reconciliation. Amen. God believes in you. And today in the 
Christ. I believe in you. I don't care what the past is. I don't care what the problem's been. I want you to know today that God believes in you and we have yet another opportunity to be the voice of the lion of the tribe of Judah. I'm going to be an advocate. You stand with me. I read to you. I read to you a number of scriptures, and if I wanted to, I could prove to you from a theological standpoint that the devil is an accuser and Jesus is an advocate. And God forbid that I would ever use my voice to be an accuser of the brethren. I want to be an advocate for my brother. I want to be an advocate for my sister. The Bible says love covers a multitude of sin. You know, I have pastored mothers who were not blessed to have sweet, godly, praying, awesome, perfect kids like you. You know what I'm saying? And I can't tell you how many times I've known of a situation and mama would say, well, you know, they tricked him. You know, it was a bad day. He didn't take his medication. You know what I'm talking about? Mothers. Why, why, why do mothers? Because mothers love. Right? And I believe that we as the people of God, we must allow the love of God I think God's love stronger than a mother's love. Amen? I don't know about you, but my mother would whoop a hole in me. If you, if you aren't willing to do that to your little children, shame on you. Amen. Spare the rod and don't be... Don't be... There has to be some grace there. Come on, somebody. Don't correct them when you're mad. I don't know who that's for, but it's free. I don't know. Maybe we can take a... What is it? Text to give? We can tell you give an extra offer. That's good enough. Amen. If I have ever had a word from the Lord, I have a word tonight. And the word is to you. For whom shall you roar? While I was praying here on Tuesday night with the rest of you, I was walking right about here and I heard the Lord's I heard the Lord say, A roaring lion. And and I have tried to find. Well, okay, so I found about Satan's like a roaring lion. I just listened all day. Brother Shindal asked me five. What do you preach? I, I, I'm not sure yet. I'm trying to get it together. I have some really good sermons I could have preached tonight. I mean, I I, I, I just preach at home. I don't get to re-preach stuff. I have I got a really great message I preached Sunday, but the Lord wouldn't let me give you leftovers. 
the Lord loves you. I want you to say that God loves me. God has faith in you. I know you've been imperfect. Join, join the club. If it wasn't for the grace of God, I wouldn't be here. Somewhere in the scripture says, if the Lord marked iniquity, who would stand? I wouldn't stand. I've, God's forgiven me so many times. He's forgotten how many. Oh, yeah, he forgets it all, doesn't he? You know, some messages, they are they're bread messages. It means it's daily bread. Brother Will, this message, you know, put some butter on it, add some cheese, and maybe 100% ground beef. It'd be a, it, it's just, it, it feeds you right now. Other messages are seed messages. You take the word and you, you plant it in the soil of your heart and you water it pull the weeds around it because you want that word to become a definition which you seek to attain. How many of you want to be an advocate? I want to be an encourager. I want to be a blessing. Can we just tell the Lord, close your eyes, raise your hand, God. God. I know it goes without saying, but God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for allowing my fingers in my mouth Lord God, forgive me for allowing my actions and my facial expressions. Lord Jesus, forgive me for my hardness and things I have just said I'm done with. I'm done. I'm telling you, the Lord says you're not done. You're not done. Those people you just quit praying for because you're so mad at them, you can't even think about it, you put them out of your mind. I'm saying pray for them. Bless them. Bless them. It might be your voice that brings them to a place of repentance. It may be your intercession that can change their world. Bless them. God, I want to give my voice to the roar of the King of Judah. I want to give my voice to the prayer of intercession for the people of God. And God, I want to stand in the gap and say like Paul, it is my heart's desire and prayer to God that Hurst might be saved. That my children might be saved. That my community might be saved. And I want to tell the devil, I'm tired of hearing your roar in the silence of the night. Roar! Roar! I will not be silent. I will not be silent. I will not stand back, but I will stand in the gap. Roar! Hakar.